what's going on? How's it hanging? How's that? But you know, this is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. Wish you guys a happy special Wednesday episode. It is the 29th of December. We're about to hit the new year. And we're going into this new year. We're ending 2021 with another podcast from one hell of a great friend. And I wish we had so much more time. Next time, though, we're going to have no set end time because these podcasts with this man, Joey Arena from Outlier, are some of the most insightful, best ones ever. Before we get started, though, I want to thank our sponsors first, Phoenix Fitness. Yes, we're getting to the new year. It's New Year's resolution time, and many people like to have their resolutions, you know, get to the gym, pump the iron, get strong, get fit, you know, all that good stuff. So you're going to want to make sure you do that. You go to the gym, lift the weights, be like Arnold, yeah, or just run, 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 or bike, or swim, or row, or do whatever, you know, Pilates, or uh, Zumba, or yoga, whatever it might be. But one thing that also helps to, you know, achieve those fitness goals is to recover right and to prepare right. So a great way to do that is with supplements. And who has great supplements? Phoenix Fitness does. They have great things such as pre-workouts that are both stim and stim-free. I use the stim-free stuff because you know my energy in this podcast. It never stops. That's my energy in the gym. So I use the stim-free stuff because I don't need the extra energy. B-Subway recovery compounds, protein for your AM, PM, and after workout stuff, uh, creatines, uh, natural, you know, testosterone boosters. I believe they have that as well. Multivitamins, creatines. I think I already said that, but I really don't remember. So I'm going to say it again. Anything you might need to achieve your fitness goals, Phoenix Fitness has for you. Our listeners get 15% off using the code MSOTD at FNXFit.com. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now, our second sponsor is with Custom Debuts. What Custom Debuts does, they create these cool, like, you know, custom posters for you around anything in music so you can give them a band name and an album or a band name and a song what they'll do is they'll take that album and they'll put the album cover in a cool way on a poster and have the track listing in an interesting way or if you give them a song they're gonna have the song lyrics in an interesting way like on a vinyl in like a vinyl form and you have unlimited custom ability so you send them what you want and they'll come back to you within 40 hours 48 hours i'd say with a proof of a concept of something that they might like and then you have unlimited edits until you give them the final okay and they can send it to you on classic poster paper, as a canvas print, or as an aluminum print. How freaking cool is that? You know, if you're looking to spruce up your little office or spruce up your home, spruce up your man cave, want to get someone you like, you know, a cool little present that you, you know, basically kind of built yourself, Custom Debuts has you covered. Our listeners get 10% off using code CPP10 at checkout for Custom Debuts. Link description below. Now, Back to the podcast. We have Joey Arena from Outlier on here. And my God, the authenticity of this man is nothing short of something you're going to want to get behind. He is as straightforward, honest, authentic as you could get. Talks about uh, the tour that they're on with Gemini Syndrome in October, November of 2021. Talk about connecting with the fans. Talk about how he never wants to leave any fan behind. How he wants to always be connecting the fans in that honest human connection way. How his favorite concert he's ever been to was Tony Bennett. I would have never guessed that. That's freaking awesome to hear. And the last story he tells is the connection he made with someone at the last show they were on with that Gemini Syndrome tour and how he had to part ways with his vest that he wore on stage happily. So one of my favorite guests of all time to ever have in the podcast. This is the third time he's been on and it will not be the last. So please welcome back Joey Arena from the band Outlier. I'm fucking ready. So instead of saying let's go, we're going to go with Joey's classic. Let's fucking go! Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Court Progression Podcast, as we close out 2021... I'm bringing back one of my absolute favorite guests of the Core Progression Podcast. He was on in 2020 with his band Outlier. He was on in early 2021 with his Synthwave Project Arena. And even we had his producer, Justin DeBleek, on the podcast as well. But now it's going to be him once again. We're talking all things Outlier and everything that happened in 2021 and going forward. So please welcome Joey back to the podcast. So Joey, welcome back, man. Welcome back. Good to be back. Dude, it's good to have you back and... I'm not gonna lie. It was fantastic to see you on uh, live when you were on tour with Gemini Syndrome because, like, the second show you guys played in that tour, I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I'm not missing this thing." Like, I gotta see this play live. And not gonna lie, out of all the bands that played that night, I seriously think you guys had the best crowd reaction. Oh stop! Oh stop! 
I'm, I'm not kidding, man. I mean, the whole entire, like, just everyone getting going. I mean, let's fucking go is being, like, yelled throughout the whole entire show. For, like, three <laughs> it's, it's, ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. The, the let's fucking go thing, I don't know why it's being tagged as such a, a thing of ours. But, yet, I mean, there, there's so many bands that say it. And uh, I'm not going to lie. I definitely, I overuse the shit out of it. But it's become a thing where it started on the last tour where people were, like, just yelling, let's fucking go. And it was from like maybe one or two posts that I had on our Facebook or like our Instagram. And then it became a thing that the crowd started yelling when they would see us like getting ready to go on stage or if like we were like mid set, they would just, you'd, you'd hear one person yell it and then like a good like 20 more to follow. And then the whole crowd started saying, let's fucking go. And it was just like a thing. I'm like, oh God, it's like it's a thing now. So. It's a thing, and like you said, there's a lot of other bands that use it, but it sort of kind of became a specific thing for your guys' show because, I mean, once yeah. you started saying it, then like two or three other people in the crowd started saying it, fuck, all of a sudden, I, I remember it was like your girlfriend came into the middle, just started screaming, everyone's like, okay, now we really gotta fucking go because she's yelling it, now everyone's yelling it, and everyone was just having a fantastic, and the energy of your guys' set during that show I mean, I that was the most energy I'd seen from the crowd that whole entire night. Even after Gemini Syndrome, when I'm like, no, I mean, or Outlier clearly had the control of the crowd for the most of the night. Thank you, man. Yeah, we, um, you know, we, we we try to pride ourselves on being as entertaining as humanly possible, um, without taking away too much from uh, the performance of, uh, you know, uh, being tight, sounding tight live um but yeah i mean people pay man they want to see a rock show and, and that's kind of like what we're about is really bringing the energy live and and bringing the the songs to life and and uh we we feed off the crowd a little bit especially when they start feeling it we we then like we'll just look at each other and then we just turn up our intensity even more and we're like oh fuck yeah let's go so um yeah my my girlfriend's a little instigator with uh so let's fucking go she saw it happen on the last tour she popped in on like the last week of it and she saw that it was like a thing. And then she brought it over to this tour. So then she would like, there would be like guys that would buy a merch. And then before we would even go on and they would start yelling it. And um, eventually word got around that. She was like telling people to like, Oh, if you say let's fucking go, I'll give you a discount on a shirt. So it, it, it's just a thing now. It's like, so if, if the crowd's not starting it, she'll start it. And then the whole crowd will just catch on and just everybody starts yelling it. It's great. But, I mean, that's just overall a fantastic move because she's getting more involved with the whole entire aspect of it, and she's getting more fans engaged with it. So that by the time you guys come on, I mean, a good amount of people in the crowd are going to already be engaged with you guys as you're walking on stage. And if they're going to be engaged, more people from the rest of the show that, you know, might not necessarily know who Outliers are going to feed off of that energy, and they're going to remember that primarily throughout the rest of the show. And then when they go home, that's the thing they're going to remember the most. That's the thing that's going to stick out right in their brain. It's like, for some reason, I don't know what it is, but let's fucking go. I'm not going to lie. I saw multiple different posts from many different people on social media, specifically Facebook, about that tour from multiple different groups I'm in. And they kept mentioning, it's like, yeah, what's this Gemini Syndrome tour? But the band that went on before them, this band called Outlier, there was something about them. Like, I got to listen to these guys even more. I got to check out more of their stuff. And I'm just sitting there thinking, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's it, it, touring. I think that we're the band that like, um, I don't know, man, we're not the TikTok sensation. We're not the band that needs to post 30 times a week. We're not the band that has the like the witty stories. And like, we, we, we try to like let the music speak for itself. You know, um, we're not like once in a while, we'll throw like a meme here and there, something that we find like ridiculously funny or relevant to something. But there's a lot of bands like, um, I was talking to somebody about it and they, they, they made such a great comment uh, as I was sharing this with them. They're like, oh, hey, you know what? Some bands make memes and some bands make music. And uh, and, it, and it's so true. And then, I mean, I guess in between to find bands that do both, but um, you know, it, it's such a true thing, I think, for today. And, and we, you know, we're, I have a very old school mentality, I think, in many ways of my life. But, you know, uh, again, people want to be entertained um, whatever that may be. And uh, we want to bring it live, man. And that's, that's really where I think we've gained uh, a lot of new fans. Um, that's where we try to build a core and cult following 
versus just being the flavor of the week. Like, okay, we threw a song on TikTok with some dances and then that's it. Or here's a meme, it's hysterical. It gets shared like 400 times, but, you know, but, but how much music do they listen to of yours? And, and that's like, and, you know, to each their own by all means, but I want a different approach for myself. Oh, I totally understand that. I recently had uh, Tom, the lead singer of the band Patient 67 on the podcast, and they're fantastic at making memes, and it's something where their music does stand on its own, but you're seeing a disconnect between the like how many people are interacting with them from their memes versus the music as well. And when it came to seeing you guys on stage, seeing that type of performance, I'm when it came to anything, there was no bullshit. There was no fluff. I mean, it was just pure energy, pure adrenaline going forward. So it felt like you were at, you know, a rock show, you know, think like back in like the 80s with the hair band, specifically Motley Crue. It felt like that kind of energy was there. So a lot of people could connect with it because they could relate to it. But there was still more of a modern take on it with everything else that was going on. So it still felt fresh. It still felt energized. And it still felt like it was something you hadn't seen before. However, it still had this feel that, you know, it's very accessible for so many people to understand and get into. So when they see it live, everyone can connect with it from so many different angles when it comes to your live show. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and it's funny, like you said, the, the, the Motley Crue thing. And um, I mean, dude, I, me and my, my drummer, Mike, always talk about it. It's like we, we relate things to um, not musically or anything like that, but entertaining wise. Motley Crue, Kiss, Bon Jovi. I mean, dude, people want to see a fucking rock show when they go to a rock concert. And I mean, given being support or direct support, we only have so much we can bring on stage. We can put only, play so many songs. Like there's like, you know, there's things that we're not allowed to go beyond. But if it, we had it our way, I mean, dude, we'd have the biggest blinding fucking light show and geysers and flame. Like, dude, we, we've, uh, you'll see certain shows that is like, we'll, you know, we'll be good. We'll have geysers, and then certain shows will be fucking flamethrowers. <laughs> like, uh, it, it's whatever. Like outdoor fest, you know, we we would have uh, a flamethrower, and like we played a fest, and uh, we had those. And then, um, you know, so we kind of had I don't want to say bare bones, but we had a skimpier version of our of our light show when you saw us and stuff like that. And it, it's it's all. I mean, we played with standing lights back in the day, and it's just it. Yeah, you could sound tight as shit, but man, that that light show, that experience, that you know, visually stimulating thing is just like it brings it all together. And, and again, being a high energy band and having that rock and roll, and I don't give a fuck attitude that goes behind us, like it, it's just that's it, man. It's part of the experience, I think. Yeah, and one thing you did say is like as a band like that's gonna be on a supporting role, like you were on the Gemini Syndrome tour, there is gonna be only a certain amount that you can do, but you've got to be able to do the most that you can with that amount. Even the band that went on before you guys with Pushing Veronica, it's like the energy that they brought on stage. I'm like, they took the most of that opportunity. Then all of a sudden you guys come up on stage. I'm like, okay, let's see what Joey's going to do with this. And all of a sudden I'm watching thinking, yep, they're basically taking this to a whole extra level on top of that. And I totally agree with you say what you said too, because there have been times I've seen bands go up on stage and it's kind of like their music is tight. They sound tight, but it's some of the most boring shows I've ever seen because there's no crowd interaction. There's really no movement on stage. There's nothing really catch your eye, but all of a sudden it's, there's some shows where the music's tight, everything sounds good, but you're looking at the stage and it's a whole different world up there. Things are going absolutely crazy. Lights are going off. You don't know what the heck is going to happen. You don't know if there's going to be like, you know, People are going to be jumping off stage. You don't know what's going to be thrown from stage. If it's going to be toilet paper rolls or beach balls, or if someone's going to just like throw a body up there, you, you never freaking know, but it just adds so much more to the experience. And it's the thing that when people leave, they're going to remember all the energy that went all into that. They're going to remember those specific moments and they're going to relate the positivity that they felt from those moments to your band. So when they go back and they start thinking about Outlier, they're going to remember that live show. They're going to remember the positive feelings and the energy that came from it. Then when they listen to your music, they're going to feel that once again. They're going to listen to more and more. And then you have fans right then and there. I, I completely agree with you. And, and there's bands that do, uh, you know, like, again, they, they might be, uh, like tight as can be like you know not missing a beat the singer can you know they're not going to be winded from moving around but they sound great everything's going to be great um but again people why like when you can hear the record in its perfection um you know there's something when you go to a concert 
that record needs to be brought to life. And again, I'm speaking personally. I have I'm a fan of many bands that are not the most entertaining to watch live, but you know, you're like, damn, they're great live. But there's a lot of them where I'm like, would I go see that again? I don't know. It's kind of like I, I check it off my bucket list. It's like, oh, they're a great live and glad I got to see them. That's it. And then there's bands that are like, oh my God, they're fucking animals. I need to see that again. Like I need that experience. Like, dude, I, I love Dillinger Escape Plan. And it's like, you want a fucking live show? Fuck, man. Like that, that band puts on such a great show. And uh, especially like every time I die, um, especially like early every time I die. I mean, we, we all get older. We feel it <laughs> differently now. But dude, I, I've watched, you know, Jordan Buckley just, keel over mid set at warp tour and just vomit just <laughs> the, the band will just be feedback and noise and just off in their own worlds as individuals while he's just like puking in a corner and then all of a sudden he wipes his mouth and they just jump into his song as if it was like part of the show or something <laughs> and uh it's like i'm like oh that's fucking rock and roll as fuck i need that shit i i just i don't know that's again that's my mentality and, and you know uh, obviously we want to be tight live, um, but also be entertaining at the same time. And that's like really, really outgoing on that. Um, my favorite concert I've ever been to in my life would be, uh, surprisingly Tony Bennett. Um, and yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Tony Bennett. Really? Best concert I've ever been to. Dude. Oh, bro. The guy was 88 years old when I saw him. Um, I had a buddy that's a, a photographer. Uh, rest in peace. He actually passed away, um, you know, about five years ago, a handful of years ago. And uh, he, um, he goes, you're the only Italian I'm friends with. Would you, I want to give you the, uh, I, I got a free pass, to, a VIP to go to see uh, Tony. Would you like to go to that? I'm like, uh, absolutely. So I, here I am, like the youngest Italian in the crowd, uh, you know, still with brown hair and you know everybody else is like white haired and you know everything like that and like i'm covered in tattoos but i dress nice though because i knew what type of concert it'd be and i yeah. wanted to be respectful to the elders and shit so here i am like third row um uh seat and i'm like smack dab in the middle and ironically i have like three seats open on both sides so it's literally just me singled out in this one spot and uh his daughter opened up for him. She was fantastic. But when he went on, oh my God, bro, that that's four piece I had ever seen. And they the band kept playing from beginning to end of like an hour and a half, two hour set. And in between songs, the band would keep going and he would tell his life story from how he got discovered, how Bob Hope found them, and he had to change his name because he was Italian and Italians weren't liked in the industry or they weren't marketable. So he had to go to Tony Bennett and um it was like a like a pregnancy thing like way back in the day and stuff but you know Bob was like this is how we're going to get you to the next level and he just went on and every song and what it was about and like and he would like hey like vocally just fade like a note right on out and then start talking it was like the most smooth I did it and it was no backing track no light show it was the one time that I was like holy shit like best thing i've ever seen in my entire life and i am not even explaining it great like honestly i think i'm, I'm killing how often it was so but it, it was it was incredible it, it completely spun um my outlook on a lot of things and what entertainment or what it is to be an entertainer um for sure it was unbelievable well, two things on to that. One, if you'd have given me a hundred guesses to to guess like what your favorite show of all time was, there would have been no chance I would have picked out Tony <laughs> Bennett. I would have picked out so many other people, but Tony Bennett, I never would have guessed. Like that just blows my mind. Oh yeah. Oh the sec- yeah. Oh. Listen, the second part about it too is just what you kind of said about Tony Bennett, where it's take a look at his entertainment. Style. I mean, versus what you do and a lot of the other musicians in the rock and metal scene. That is completely different. That is completely a different style than what you guys would end up doing. However, what you end up learning from that is just how this show flows, how he's able to just work within the music, control the crowd, and keep the crowd engaged throughout the whole entire thing. See what he does. See the little man, like what he uses. And like you said, 
just going and fading out a note from a song and then going straight into talking like he didn't even oh. miss a beat. Like it's just sharp, especially at 88 years old. I mean, come on, if you're going to be that captivated throughout a whole entire show, if you're going to have the audience basically hanging on your every freaking word, every note you sing, and you're 88 years old, come on, that's someone you definitely are going to want to learn from. And again, I never would have freaking guessed that it was Tony Bennett would have been your favorite show of all time. Dude, I, no, I mean, I, I love, and that's why I love sharing it too, because it's the least, you know, nobody would, nobody would expect that, but Dude, I, you got women walking up to this dude, like 80, 90-year-old women just walking up to him escorted with their husbands, just holding their hands. It's like this beautiful elderly couple, and a woman's got a bouquet of flowers. People were giving him bouquets of flowers. That's like, it's such a different element in, in the of, of praise or uh, acknowledgement or uh, fanning, pretty much. It was like unbelievable. And, uh, he, he would blow kisses to them. And it was like so, dude, it was mind-blowing, bro. It was, it was mind-blowing. And he, it, you know, acknowledged his band every night, each member. And the band, the whole band was so skilled, too. And he was pitch perfect, bro. Pitch perfect. It sounded better than the record. It was it was unbelievable. It was such, definitely impressed the shit out of me. And I've seen a lot of great artists. Um, but, yeah, he, he takes the cake, man, for sure. But there was one thing that kind of like really, you kind of said that really caught my eyes. Just if you're thinking about artists, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of artists you want to check off your bucket list. I want to go see them because they've impacted you a lot. They've impacted your life in some form with their music. But it's always the ones it's like, do I want to go see that again? And I'm assuming because of what you saw with Tony Bennett, if you ever got a chance to see Tony Bennett again, even in his advancing years, you would take it, you know, 100%. You'd probably drop everything and go. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd. I'd I would pay, I would pay like $500 to see him again. Damn. Yeah, dude, I, for, for me though, I mean, I don't know if everybody would get that experience, but the problem is, and like I was talking about this with JD actually yesterday too, it's like, you know, as a musician, and I'm sure a lot of musicians that uh, can uh, relate to this, um, we listen to music differently, unfortunately. Like I don't get to enjoy music so much like the average listener would. I, I'm too busy dissecting it or you know, uh, going, oh, that's a great move. Like, I see the structure. Why would you jump to this? Why would you start the course like that? Like, all these things. Um, and I, I don't get to just sit back, shut up, and listen to the song and just, like, in, 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 a, simple, in a simple way, you know? So it's like, um, when I listen to music and I... I I'm watching, like I'm dissecting the whole thing. My brain's just working differently. And that's why Tony Bennett was like, a, that's, that's what my brain did. And then I was like, dude, shut the fuck up and enjoy the show. Yeah, and I just, I could just, I can stop being amazed at the same time while just trying to be in the moment and enjoy it. It's like, it, it was hysterical. It was so good. So good though. I'll, I'll say, so that's amazing though. And then again, you have a completely different mindset when it comes to music as a musician versus someone like me who, when I dissect stuff, it's like, I'm going through it in a different way than even and you are, or like, I'm just listening to it to enjoy it because it hits me a certain way. It makes me feel a certain way and I'm going to enjoy it. And then even yeah. for myself, when it comes to live shows, I mean, there's bands, it's like, I've seen them once. And it's like, do I want to see them again? No, not really. But then there's times where all of a sudden, you know, bands start dropping these tours. Like the day we record this, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, like I see that. You know, there's a tour, triple headline tour between Black Veil Brides, Ice Night Kills, Emotionless and White. And I look, I'm just like, yeah. instead of saying, what day can I go to? It's how many days can I go to? Because I'm like, I'm not missing out on that as much as possible. It's like, okay, I can do back-to-back days. I literally ran and go get my credit card for that one. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. I'm not missing any of this shit. But it's all because it's like, I love the music. But then seeing those, seeing those guys live, especially on my mind, so I'm like, this is something I cannot miss for anything because I just don't want to miss any of this. So it's it's something yeah. where if I'm going to feel that emotion when I go and see a live a band live, they don't have to be, you know, they can they have to sound like I want them to sound tight, but they don't have to be, you know, super duper perfect. They can mess up a little bit here and there. But as long as the show is fucking fantastic, I'm, I'm here for it. And I want I'll go right. over and over and over again and see bands consistently, you know. Hell, I'll see him back to back days. I'll see him like consistently throughout the course of three or four weeks every single week if I can. I've done it before and yeah. I don't regret it one bit. And and that's the music lovers like you, man, are are the most important people 
to the industry as a as a whole. And um, I don't know if musicians say that enough, but uh, I I will speak easily for myself when I say that I appreciate listening to people like you say things like that. On the Gemini tour, we had people coming from the that's off on the tour before with Gemini, and then the tour before there was people that were driving. Uh, man, off the top of my head, I, I can think of easily like 15 people that went to two, three, four, even five shows on the same tour just because they couldn't get enough and they were driving. Uh, dude, some people drove five hours to see us again. And to, the that to me, I was talking about this the other day, like that, uh, that's what success is to me. And people, like, I always wonder, like, you know, because musicians are tormented souls, most of us, not rock stars, musicians. There's a, a huge fucking difference and I will say that all day long. Um, musicians are tormented souls. We never know when to quit. Um, it's not, and it's not because of a matter of feeding the ego. It's because we don't love anything else as much as we love as music. And um, it, there's, when you, the, for me, success is my music touching an individual so much that they want to see us again, that they want to travel to see us, to tattoo my lyrics, to tattoo uh, my logo, to um, write me. And this, this has like happened quite a bit recently, thankfully, like, um, but people are saying that my music, my lyrics have um, got, got, them, got them through some of the, the worst times of their life. And, uh, Every time I get it, I like lean over to like my girlfriend or somebody and I'll just show them. I'm like, look at this. This is amazing. Like, I don't, it doesn't get old to me. And that like, so if anybody watching this has like written me and or written a band page and shares things like this, I get super giddy about them and it means the world to me. Um, and that, that success, I don't care. I've been in, dude, I've been, I've been signed to majors, man. I, I've had a lot of money and I've had, I've been pissed broke uh, from this industry. I've been up, I've been down, I've been kicked to the side and I've been uh, completely stripped in so many ways. I've, I've slept in uh, my practice space. I've like times where I didn't think I was gonna be able to eat in like two weeks. Like it's not about money for me. It's never been about money. If it was, I would have gave up a long time ago because there's no fucking money in this industry now. But um, it is about those moments that happen and that's when that's when it makes it worth it that's fuel in the tank that's like when i'm running empty and something like that happens i'm like recharge let's fucking go oh that that's that's what it's really all about for me and that's why i don't ever give up so if i know that my most personal work yet which is this band i've been super super vulnerable um and i keep getting more and more vulnerable as I write, and it could not be more from the heart. It's uh, lyrical flow, and rhyme is taken more of a backseat, even though I still try to keep the catchiness of the rhymes and stuff like that. It's no longer about finding the rhyme to make it a, a radio banger. It's really about how am I going to fucking cut myself open and bleed out the feeling so you can really fucking grasp what I'm trying to say here. And um, we played all I need. Um, we tested last, not last Halloween, but the Halloween before we played a show in, in West Virginia or uh, Richmond, Virginia. And um, I, I said what it was about and it was, the song wasn't even out yet. And uh, this father came up to me and um, he's raising his grandchildren because his son died um, from alcohol abuse. And the guy was crying. And he like just broke down and he goes, the song meant the world to me because um, it was really about my issues, you know, and I'm sure we could dive into that soon enough. But like it was the, the guy took pride on being a good father, uh, even though he was being a father to his, his grandkids because he had to step in and um, or he chose to step in, I should say. And that that makes him, in my eyes, that's a fucking superstar. So. It, it touches people, man, and that those moments like that is 
really when I realized I am on the right fucking track and I just need to stay doing shit like that. So. And I think the more you stay vulnerable in your music and just open up more, I, it, what's going to happen is people are going to connect with it because they're going to start seeing parallels between what you've went through, the emotion you're putting out in their own lives as well, and see potentially that people that have gone through what you're seeing about the song, they might be going through and they're not alone in this. That's what brings a lot of people to music, especially in rock and roll. That's what connects everybody to this stuff. I mean, hell, that's why at times when I'm feeling at my worst, like I kind of wasn't doing very well in October, November this year. I was going to as many live shows as possible because all the, all the emotional connection I had to some of the, like a lot of these, a lot of these songs, a lot of these bands, like it just made me feel just like myself again. It made me feel alive again. It's like seeing you guys up on stage. And then two days after I saw you guys up on stage, all of a sudden I got to see Dayseeker, Devil Wars Prada. We came as Romans. And that was just like, okay, that weekend made me like, got me re-energized once again. And it all kind of forms into like with this podcast as well. It's like, I get super energized every time I get to talk to someone on the podcast, you especially. Cause I'm like, I've had you, this is the third time I have you on. I love having you on every time. So I'm just like, this is fucking awesome. Let's go. I know. I know when we talked, I was like, yeah, let's have you again, dude. Like I, I won't ever turn anything down, dude. I don't, I don't care. Like I like talking about it. I, I can enjoy it out of things like this probably more than just like, um, you know, like simple, like interviews. Not that I, I dislike those, but I, I love the, the visual. I mean, we're social creatures. So I enjoy the, the back and forth, the ping pong conversation. So I'm all about it. And, and dude, as, as long as you're willing to have me, I'm willing to be here. So, well, I'll put it this way: I mean, I, this is the third time I'm having you on the podcast. I've seen you perform live once in 2021, and that will certainly not be the only time I see you perform live. Because after seeing that show, I'm just like, I, I was going to plan on seeing you again anyway. But I mean, that show pretty much locked in. I'm like, okay, I want to see these guys. And I want to see these guys get a much bigger crowd because all of a sudden you get that "let's fucking go" energy going. Holy oh, yeah. shit! That crowd's gonna oh, be yeah. nuts. I know it'll be great. It'll be great. It'll it'll be awesome. And then like talking about a little bit more like opening up on stuff as well. You know, like you said, it does. You know what? It doesn't have to necessarily be like the catchiest thing or have that perfect rhyme scheme. Of course, you're gonna want to keep some of that in mind and maybe make the song attach a little bit more to the mainstream idea and a little bit more of a mm-hmm. you know potential just catch or just like a some a lashing on point for us as listeners however you take a look at sometimes when pete i'm, I'm gonna use uh bring me the horizon as one hell of an example because take a look at the separate album i mean there's some things that don't necessarily you know lyrically flow perfectly on some of those songs however that album i mean ollie sykes is open as a fucking book in that whole entire record and it is i think it's considered i think it might be their most popular record throughout everything they've done and i mean they just keep getting more popularity every step of the way but it was the record that he was the most open on was the one that so many people connected with that so many people got into. And so many people, I mean, were more willing to express themselves in music. Hell, I had an interview right before this one with Matt from uh, Rain City Drive, former uh, the band Slaves. And he brought mm-hmm. up that record specifically because he's like, that record taught me to be more open. And you're, it's like the connection you're making with people off of your music off of that is fantastic. So seeing that happen and seeing people come to, you know, crying just because of how much it connected with your song and how much it made them feel potentially more, maybe in a way empowered with what they're doing to feel that they can actually do this, that they're not going to, that this is like whatever they're going through is not going to keep them down. That's an incredibly powerful thing to bring to somebody. And if you keep making music like this, more and more people are going to connect with it and more and more people are going to have a positive impact from what you're producing and what you bring out in your music. Yeah, I, I think that's the most important thing, man. I, a long time ago, we used to go live, and I really wanted to get back to going live on Instagram and Facebook and just interacting with people. We used to have a set time. We would we would go on Mondays and uh, start the week off right. We would also do like a we used to call it Manifest Mondays because you know we we pride ourselves on like affirmations and just trying to be as positive as possible, even in like the ugliest of times. And um, so we would make our once we gave it enough time and enough people would come in, we would make everybody go around and say one thing that they're grateful for and like typing it out. It's like just another way of affirming it. So like now our whole fan base or anybody within the chat is already like this good spirits going around everybody. And now we're like on a, on a page to like, just get like a live Q and a, let them know what's in the works, what we got going on, what was, you know, what are they feeling so far? What are their favorite songs, et cetera. And um, I remember bringing up at one point, like, you know, do you guys like that whole fake it till you make it shit? Because there's a lot of artists, so many artists just 
playing with that bullshit, making it look like they're bigger than they are. They they fudge their numbers. They're buying this, or especially with Spotify. I can't believe the amount of bands that buy these these playlist things and and all this crap. It's like you know what? Like you can have good numbers online, but I've seen these some of these bands you can't even draw like a person or two to your shows. It's, that don't that doesn't translate to live audience, you know what I'm saying? And uh, not all the time. And like you know, so a lot of these bands that pride themselves like barely ever toured or anything, and yet they got these stupid numbers that are so high. It's like okay, like you know, that's cool. Playlisting jacks up your numbers too, but it, it, at the end of the day, I I think it's kind of a again, it's this fake it till you make it thing. Like you got to go that route so people can believe you're good and you're big and so you got now it's like a whole different tactic of gaining an audience and like i said we're we're very different well, i'm old school man i built my business from the ground up by word of mouth so i definitely plan on doing the band the same way everything's word of mouth and it's the best advertising you'll ever get and and music a lot of musicians unfortunately lack a business mentality and that's why you always hear about artists doing their labels and shit all the time because it's i mean dude I, i've been fucked by the industry all the time like in the past and like I get it. So like, but I took the initiative to learn the business side. So if you, you can either play ball with the system by learning the system, or you can still, you know, be focused on other things like a rock star mentality. It doesn't matter though. Like, you know, uh, so anyways, without diving too far off track, like the, uh, I decided to take the raw real approach of like, you know, I, I want to educate my fans. And I think it's a band's responsibility. They should be educating their fans. Like, show the real numbers. This is what we get first stream. This is what it costs to make a song. Just one song to recoup on that one song is nuts. Then you do want to put a level of promotion by because your algorithms are all choked up now by uh, Instagram and Facebook and all these things. So now you got to run ads behind these just so your normal fans can see it like uh, your online fans can see it. It's like, there's so much that goes into being in a band now that it's like, it, it comes to a point where this is why people get weeded out during the, you know, like they don't, like there's some bands that don't have a lot of longevity because if you're not doing it for the love of it now and you're not like making money elsewhere, it, you're gonna like over time kind of like fade out, you know, unless you just catch, you know, catch that spark or something but you know there's a lot of great artists that do educate their fans Nisha Mansour is like fucking uh from periphery Nisha is so awesome he's an open book I went to one of his, his clinics and we got to talk and but he was like completely open with the people about the music industry and how you know like I agree with him but he even said it like bands need to educate people more it's not it's not a fan's fault that they've been swayed into this wanting everything for free thing now because of you know like i don't care man people can say whatever they want but like lars stood up for artists back in the day in metallica and like everybody wanted to like hop on this like whatever train this like of you know but people should have backed them you know there there's such strict regulation in the movie world and, and the you know the, the cinema world but yet in the music world, it's like they just let everything keep bleeding the artist, bleed the artist, bleed the artist, and it's like, how do you want? How do you expect your favorite artist to last, like for the entire of you know of your life? You know, they they can only do so many records. Some of them can break a certain point and then go beyond, but a lot of them hit a certain cap, and and that's kind of what you know happens. So I don't want to be this fake it till you make it thing. I don't want to pretend I'm you know, rolling in the Benjis and, you know, freaking like, or Benjis and like, you know, re- oh, God. There we go. I lost it. Oh, I don't <laughs> even know what happened. Um, but I don't want to pretend like I'm rolling in the Benjis and, you know, and, and I got like Benjis and all this crap and like pretending like all this stuff. I mean, dude, MTV Cribs, the amount of artists that would actually rent vehicles and houses for that is insane. But yeah, people think it's like, no, they owned it. No, dude, they didn't, man. And, and, the people that make money is like the people that puppeteer these artists, you know? So I don't know. I could talk about this shit all day long. Unfortunately, like it's, it's just a, I don't want that for myself. I want my fans to see the raw reality. I'm just a human that likes to get on stage and act a fool. (laughs) I think as a fan, even from like my perspective in this, 
the being more of this honest artist and being more open about it, especially when it comes to rock and metal, I think it's the move to make, especially in the long run. And a lot of it has to deal with what the current state of the media is and also take a look at probably what is the most popular genre here in the United States, which is hip hop and rap. If you take a look at hip hop and rap, uh, there's a lot of artists that come out. It's like there are a lot of one hit wonders lately. There's a lot of flashes in the pan. It's because they get a hit, they get a they get a song, and all of a sudden, okay, that's cool. And they're showing off all this stuff. It's like, oh, look at all this stuff that we you know we got from this one song. Look at all we made. Look at all the money we're rolling in the Benjamins. We're buying Mercedes. We're buying these mansions. No, you're kind of probably just renting them at this point. But all of a sudden, it's after that they're they're gone. It's just you don't hear from it. All of a sudden, in two years, you're gonna see us. Whatever happened to the guys that made those like that Island Boy song? I've never even heard of it yet i just keep seeing it pop up on like instagram and twitter i'm like i'm not listening to this shit but what's gonna end up happening is is they're gonna end up just being flashes in the pan because okay you had one hit and you showed it off like you were the kings of the world and all of a sudden you're gonna be forgotten about because you kind of just faked actually being human and being good take a look at the media how much how many different lies have we been spewed and how much different dishonesty have we been fed over the past shit, I mean, you can just give it the past year, past two years, even go further, past five, past ten, past twenty, past God how no, knows how long. So there really is no trust in anything. There's no actual connection with anything. All of a sudden, rock and metal, there's bands that are around there. Yes, there are a lot of bands that are growing that do like kind of, I think, you know, fade out after they hit a certain cap. But there's still a lot more bands, I think, than, you know, like hip hop and rap or even some other genres that end up growing in prominence and continue to still have this core fan base and still have some notoriety and can continue to still grow it's because when honesty is hit especially with rock and metal fans we love that shit we love the fact that we can connect with you as you know yeah you guys are still rock stars you guys are still doing your thing but in the end you and i it's there's a lot of stuff that we go through that's the exact same when it comes to business what with you guys as a band yeah so it's going to be a struggle it's not going to be easy so if you're showing us the fact that okay this is what the music industry actually is. This is how much we make per stream. This is what, if we have a label, this is what's happening here. This is where the money comes from. This is where all the money ends up going. It's how we have to, you know, give money out before we even are able to pay ourselves. People understand that people get to actually have a connection with you on a deeper level as humans and as fans to the point where they're going to want to support you because you're providing them with something with your music and they're feeling a positive connection. And now they're seeing the cost of that from you guys. And it's like, holy shit, we want to make sure that you guys keep doing what you're doing. You keep living your dream because it's how, how much of a positive impact having us. So that's why we go to so many shows. That's how we buy your merch. That's why, you know, for myself, it's like downloading, like streaming music. Fuck no, I'm going to buy it and download that shit. Buy it and download because, well, I want to support you guys as much as possible. I'm still rocking my old ass iPod because, hell, it, it's it's a great way to stay offline when I want to work out because it's like, okay, I turn off the internet on that. My phone's not with me. Fuck yeah, I'm in my zone. That's all I care about at that point. But it's such a, it, it's, it's such a different thing when it comes to actually connecting with bands and especially in rock and metal because when you guys show more of that human side of things, you show the honesty, we connect with you much deeper in a human perspective and we want to support you every step of the way if we can. It, it's amazing you say that, man, because, like, I, I, I've been having this, like, crazy, like, I don't know. I'm, like, going, I'm definitely going through something in my life right now where I'm just, like, I, I'm so, uh, I couldn't be more turned off by what entertainers and a lot of musicians and rock stars have, like, become. I, I think this whole thing of man praising man is the the most is a very fucked approach. And I think, um, honestly, I just, I, I did, I don't, I'm again, if you love my music, that's success. That's success to me. That's the most amazing thing in the world, but I'm not going to not have a conversation. Like, dude, that's why I hang out at the merch table. Like after, like, I don't just disappear and act like some fucking like high and mighty and shit like that. Like I want to hang out. I want to meet people. I want to see the people that, you know, were entertained. I want to see the people that are like buying my stuff and I want to shake their hands and, and meet them and take photos. And people are like asking, you know, how much does it cost for my autograph? I'm like, dude, fucking nothing, bro. What the fuck am I? Like, if anything, I'm probably devaluing your merchandise. <laughs> anyway, like, that's just my mentality, man. Because honestly, like, who the, like, who the fuck are people? Like, who the fuck are these people? Like, anybody who thinks they should be charging for their autograph, 
it's a weird thing, man. It's a weird thing. I'll never, I'll never ever fucking. I looked at my guys. I go, if I ever charge somebody for my autograph, fucking, you get a free hit in the face. Kick me in the balls. I don't even care. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think it. I never want that, man. Uh, my autograph. If it's worth something on the net, then fine. But it's like, I'm not going to charge anybody for that shit. And like, you know, and I hope nobody tries to make money off of my my signature anyways. I just think it's a weird thing to praise uh, imperfect flesh and bone. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's just a, it's weird, man. I think it's a weird thing. I definitely have like this weird thing of man, it's so fucked and so flawed. And I maybe, maybe because of what has been going on in the world lately, like, this side's right. This side's right. Like, dude, y'all are so fucked. It's not even right. Both sides are fucked and they're in bed together. And they're like manipulating you. And like, dude, like there's like just so much psychological fucking bullshit and warfare going on. It's insane that people don't even know. Like y'all need something to believe in. And it, ain't, and it should not be man. That's fucking for sure. Man is fucking corrupt and greedy. I don't care. There's an agenda for fucking everybody. And there's a fucking, I can't stand it. You know me, I've been anti this bullshit since the beginning. I'm not left. I'm not right. I'm not libertarian. Like I belong to nobody. I, I am a fucking outlier through and through, man. That's why my name is, that's why my banning is what it is, man. It's not because it sounds cool or the brand is dope. It's because it's what it is, what I live my life. It's, it's how it is. I will not be a part of your fucking click or fad. And yet you got half of these people that hated clicks and fads in high school, but now you're a part of a click and a fad. You believe what they tell you to fucking believe in. You are a fucking puppet and you don't see it. And it's causing you to hate. It's causing you to segregate. It's causing you to fucking, like all the things you say you're not about, you literally are fucking about. Like you're walking contradiction. I fucking loathe it, brother. And I fucking don't want anybody to think I'm any more than them because I get on stage and I I'd like to live in a music studio and write music and put on a, a, a tactical vest and get tattoos and do all this stupid shit on stage. I'm just a guy that really loves doing it and that's all that it is at the end of the day. So I'm not gonna be like dwindled in what the internet wants me to say because I'm afraid of like, what, like 10 people cancel? Like get the fuck out of here, I don't even exist. It doesn't even exist, bro. You feed into it because it's fucking like, you are segregating your audience. I mean, how many fucking bands were like, if you believe in Trump, you should not come to my shows? Cool, bro. Like, it, I, there were so many that were saying that, and everything you're saying, I'm not going to lie. This is why I love having you on the podcast. This is why I love talking to you because when you're talking, you're just an open book. You're just honest with what you think, how you feel, and what you're talking about in terms of like, again, connecting with fans, you're just showing the fact of who you are. You're just showing the fact that you are, you're Joey. That's it. And that you're, you are who you are. That's the way it is. You're not showing that, you know, you think you're high and mighty or above anybody. Like some of those bigger rock stars, like our fucking politicians who think that they're above everybody. And it's like, Oh, you have to praise me because I'm a politician. I do good things. Also, yeah, you guys don't do good shit. Dude, and they play on the emotions of people. They play on your emotions. That's all that it is. Like they, they think you're like, oh, this is how I feel, and like they love me, and this and that. No, they, they don't give a fuck. They, they go to sleep, and they're in their fucking, you know, big ass house, and like, and then they worry about the next thing, how to stay relevant for the next four fucking years of doing something. Like it's all a fucking tax move, dude. It's like it's their thing, and you know what? Like, dude, I don't want to be a part of it because I'm not gonna segregate my crowd. I'm not gonna segregate my fans. I don't want anybody to feel like they don't belong because at the end of the day. Dude, you're there just to have a good fucking time. It doesn't matter what you fucking look like. I've, I've gone on these rants a million times over, and I just, I don't care, dude. You, you can be a Democrat, you can be a, a, a Republican, libertarian. Like, I don't, you could not go to believe in politics at all. And like, I'll, I'll fucking vibe with all of you because it's a fucking concert. It's not about what you believe in. It's like, it's like me. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, don't come to my shows. If you're a Muslim, don't come to my shows. If you're this, you don't come to my shows. It like, if, if the shoe was under the foot, it'd be fucking stupid too. Like it's all, I don't care. I don't care. It's music. Do you like my music? Sick. Um, let's have a great time. Let's fucking get sweaty and interact. It, dude, a, a concert is a, it's the most, it's, it's such a harmonious vibe, bro. It's like you said, man, you went to a string of concerts within a weekend and it was just like, and it was like a restart button for you. That's what music's about, bro. It's not about like, ruining that or tainting that because of like 
you want to hop on the next fucking Twitter trend? Oh, what? You, you, you need more fucking likes, bro? You need more followers? Fuck out of here, bro. Please. Yeah, and, and I mean, again, for me, it's like, I love going to shows because, again, it does help me hit that reset button if I'm going through some things, and I love meeting all the different people I can and jump into a mosh pit. It doesn't matter what you believe in, what you look like. All that matters is you want to have a good fucking time, and if you get knocked down, everyone's going to offer you a hand and pick your ass right back up. And and this kind of speaks to kind of like, I think, especially with your music, the way it's connecting with people, and just you being as absolutely as honest as possible and really helping forge a human connection between a lot of people that like your music and yourself. I was at a show on December 3rd in Belvedere, Illinois. It was uh, the Atreyu tour that was happening in December. And right after Saul got done playing, uh, this lady bumped at me, said she was sorry. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you know, it's understandable. I get it. You know, we're in a tough, big crowd. It's okay. No big deal. And all of a sudden, I said, wait. She looked at me. I'm like, what's that shirt you're wearing? And it was literally this shirt I'm wearing right now. Your outlier shirt. I'm just like, she's like, yeah. outlier shirt. I was like, nice. It's like, I'm seeing the shirts awesome. start popping up more and more now. Like, if people are starting to wear the shirt at other concerts that I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of exact to see because I'm just like, I fucking own that shirt too. But you're an outlier too. Yes. <laughs> Dude, that, that shirt, man, is a constant reprint for us. It sells out on every tour. It, it just goes, man. It's a great shirt. I mean, you can see on it just like the old logo on the top. Like, I yeah. haven't even like updated it yet. Like the old logo. Dude. Yeah, that logo is old as shit, man. Like, so just just for uh, all my friends and and, uh, and all the fans that support Ice Nine Kills, that shirt came out before Silver Scream. Just want to let you know that. So, <laughs> or I'm sorry, Horrorwood. But either way, uh, so yeah, that shirt's old as shit. But dude, I, that I love that shirt. I have that shirt. I actually took that one out myself. I'm like, I'm taking my own shit. But no, I love it, man. And I love and that that shirt right there is great, man. And, um, yeah, I love, I love when people bump into each other and then, you know, somebody knows that shirt or recognizes the name somewhere. Great. Yeah. I had to give that person a high five. So I'm just like, this is so damn cool. And I'm just like, I'm pretty sure this person saw them when you guys were on that run with uh Gemini syndrome, that second run, I'm like probably at the show in Racine or another show right after, or maybe they went to the one that I was at in green Bay and I, you know, probably may yeah. have bumped into them. Who the hell knows? I don't even know, but it was fucking awesome seeing that as well. And again, I think a lot of it spans from the fact that people are connecting with your music and the fact that if they're going to talk to you, you're going to be as open as possible, as honest as possible. And you're actually going to forge an actual human connection with your fans. So it doesn't feel like, you know, you're here and they're below you. It's going to feel like, you know, you guys are on an absolute equal playing field and the connection there is going to just going to foster something where people are going to end up talking to you. Uh, their friends, their family, people online about your band. It's like, okay, now I got to go check these guys out. If you like what you hear and all of a sudden it's like, okay, now I'll check out some more stuff, check them out live. Then they go to the merch table and meet you and the whole process starts over again, but with more and more people coming through. Dude, it, it, it'll never, it'll never end. It'll never end. Um, as far as that interaction with the crowd, I, I don't care. Um, how, how uh, you know big we get or whatever it may be i, I never want to lose that interaction that's the most important thing um for for you know i think both parties honestly because i do get a lot out of that myself Dude, it's, the, it's the greatest form of flattery that somebody buys your shirt and buys your they buy your name they buy a part of you they buy the thing that you put so much love and attention to it, it only makes fucking sense that you can give somebody uh, dude five minutes of your fucking time what is it dude i had, I had a guy um, at reading pa i hung out with this kid dude uh overdose like x amount of time um dude it told me my music saved is what like you know it, it dude, we talked about overcoming together we talked about affirmations and manifestation and, and just being positive and he gets up and he says five things he's grateful for and he kept hugging me and hugging me and fist bumping me and he bought me a drink and I gave this kid like 25 fucking minutes of my time and just like, and I loved every second of it. I didn't even tell him like, yeah, I got to get going. I just, I hung out at the bar with him while Gemini was on and we just talked and, and he, then he went off and told my girlfriend, I, you know, I love the band and like, you know, and he shared his experience with her and like, and he, I've never seen somebody just like hug and hug and hug and fist bump and fist bump. And fist bump. But it was just this constant love and embracing of this thing and he's like thank you so much for hanging out with me I'm like dude 
who the fuck am I? Thank you for hanging out with me. So, and, and I don't know, man, it's again, a man's ego is so fucking insane to me. It's like, I mean, we all, we all have an ego, but I try to really, really fucking chop my down. I'm, I'm hard on myself. I, I beat the shit out of myself all the time. Like to keep myself, like if I ever feel for some reason, you know, like out of balance or something, I'm, I check my shit for sure. Um, and again, being on tour is just, uh, you really feel the, see the love, like meeting you was such an awesome thing because we can have this all day long, but human interaction, the, the, the physical part of that is like even better. So it's great. I mean, here the last day of the tour, oh my God, that tour couldn't have ended on a better note for us. Uh, the merch line was just nonstop ending, dude. It, it cut like almost three quarters into Gemini's set we were hanging out the whole time and the, the line was just non-stop and dude, we were selling drum cymbals <laughs> we were selling like um and this this gentleman uh came up to me and he asked um he, he told me like he just opened up to me he, he's sure that he was he was deaf but he can read lips and and that as soon as i got on stage like he saw the o on the patch and he's like I couldn't hear your music. I couldn't see anything. I, or no, he's like, I couldn't hear music. I, I couldn't read your lips or anything, but I saw that patch and I saw that vest. He's like, I need that fucking vest. And I guess it was like four of them, like, like him and his friends, four, four people like talking and they're like, you know, he needs to sell that vest or something. So like it became this thing. And I had to make a post about it because I, I would love to make a post about every single interaction, but that one was like, um, the only one I could capture a, a photo with of the gentleman because it's just it just happened everything just happened you know so quick but uh he came up and tells me this, this whole story about him his hearing um and then um that he can read my lips and then the vibration and everything he does i like instantly hooked didn't even know us before he fell in love with us and he's like i i want to can i have you thought about selling your vest i'm like dude i I never really thought about it. I've had a lot of compliments on all, you know, like the tours and stuff throughout like the year of people saying like, I love your vest. I want that vest, but nobody like, I didn't think about selling it. And he's like, I want to buy that vest off of you. And I'm like, well, I gotta, I gotta see. I'm like, I don't know, man. I never really thought about it. I'm not really sure. I'm like, all right, well, the vest cost me 50 bucks and then 75 for the, or, and then 25 for the patch. And I'm just like thinking in my head, I'm like, who's my car is this guy? Like, I don't even want to charge him. I felt bad, but, you know, so, um, so we, we brought it to a reasonable thing. Or no, he asked me and I'm like, I got to think about it, man. Let me, let me think about it. And then I was like, because I'm like, oh, this is like, you know, it became a thing because like on the first tour, I didn't wear it for one day. One day I didn't wear it. God forbid. And everybody's like, where's the vest? Where's the vest? Like, oh, I guess this is my fucking thing now. So it's like, so let's fucking go. It's like the vest has become, you know, my thing. And now the, the fucking let's fucking go is like a thing now so he uh i was like you know talk to me at the end of the show he comes up in the middle of gemini set he goes, did, you, did you want to tell the vest i'm like I'm, I'm not sure man give me a little bit more he comes up and i thought about it I'm like you know what man like i thought about it and like, I, was, I was like talking to the guys on the bus and i'm like you know what though but it can make him happy and if it really makes him happy then that's what it's really fucking about so i had two vests from the tour that was the only one with the patch and the other vest was like the original vest. And uh, so I was like, you know what? All right. You know, this is what I'll, you know, I'll part ways with it for. This is what I have into it. And he goes, what are you signing for me? I go, <laughs> fucking Lutely. And uh, that was it, man. It was like just a thing and I was, it made him so happy. And he was so persistent that I was like, okay, if this is what it's about, and making him happy, then you know, let it let it go for his happiness. Let it go. So that's what it was. It was, it was awesome, man. It was such a. It was the best way to end the fucking tour, man. It was the best way to wrap up our touring season. And like, ah, it was it was so dope. It was so dope. It made me feel really good. It's a great way to wrap up the touring season, and also because I know you have an interview you have to do like right after this one. A great way to wrap up the podcast with that story. But it all just speaks to just the 
the, like the honesty, the connection, the authenticity of everything that you've said, everything that you kind of stand that you stand for, everything that you talked about, just being like on that, just treating everyone with respect and just really connecting with people as a human connection. That's right. I remember seeing you post about that too. That story is just like, if you're looking for the prime example, it is that story right there. Dude, I just need to keep my photographer with me near the merch table so I can just post like every awesome interaction and every experience. Um, she happened to just be around at that time and we and we captured that moment. But if I can post every interaction I have with everybody, I would love it. Like there's again, I the the fans the people that love us, they fucking love us and I love them so much, like unconditionally. Like their support for us is incredible and it's the most amazing feeling for somebody to buy your merch, sing your lyrics, buy the vest off your back, <laughs> whatever it may be, you having me multiple times, like, dude, I, I can chat for fucking hours. I think the next one we do, I'm going to just help Jonathan not block, like, don't <laughs> book anything after me, and we can just, like, let the tape fucking roll for hours. But, yeah, dude, it, it was great, man. It was an amazing thing, yeah. and I'm so happy I got a chance to, like, meet you too, like, in person. Yeah, well, well, how about this? We'll close the podcast with this, with these three very specific things. First things first, when it comes to Outlier, yeah, I mean, everything you just heard, you're going to want to follow these guys online. You're going to want to listen to music, stream music, buy their music, download their music, buy some merch. If you can find the, this Outlier shirt, the Christian Bale American Psycho one, for the love of God, please buy it. I want to see more of them out there as well. So everything when it comes yeah. to buying Outlier, links, labels, descriptions for social media, YouTube, Spotify Music, website, merch, in the description of the podcast. Second thing, now Joey, my God. I would love to have you on again, as always, because this is awesome. And yeah, we'll tell Sean to just don't book anything after it so we can just let the tape roll and we'll just go nuts and see what happens because these conversations always just end up having me just going like, you got to be kidding me. I want to go as like long as possible on these because these are freaking insane. I know, dude. I know. So, well, so, well, next time, because there will be a next time, we'll do that. Also, I feel like I'm going to try and do this the next time I get to see you guys on tour. It'll be a two-parter. One, if it works, I'm going to make it happen. If not, we're just going to go to the default. So if it works, we're going to go all full-on like Tony Bennett, and I'm going to find a way to get a bouquet of flowers into the state, like into the venue, <laughs> and I will throw them on stage at the end of your set. I will try and find a way to make that happen. If I can't, though, I'll stop at the merch table, and first round will be on me once again. Dude, yeah, thank you for the beer, bro. I <laughs> appreciate that, too. I'll take flowers as well, whatever works. <laughs> if I can get flowers in there, I am making it happen. So, Joey, again, this is not goodbye. We're doing another podcast, and I am going to find a way to throw a bouquet of flowers on stage when you're done with your next set, when I get to see you perform live. So, is this goodbye? Fuck no, it's not goodbye. This is, as always, see you later, bud. Let's fucking go. Well, well, folks, that was my interview with Joey Arena for the band Outlier. Once again, you're going to want to follow along with Joey and Outlier on all social media platforms. You're going to want to watch their stuff on YouTube. You're going to want to listen to music, buy their music, stream their music, download their music, buy their merch. I mean, hell, if you find, and I'm going to pull it out for you right now, the Outlier Christian Bale American Psycho t-shirt online. It is their hottest selling item. You're going to want one because, I mean, if you're watching the podcast, take a look at this thing. Take a look at it. It's great for any occasion. I'm not kidding you. I've seen it at concerts. I saw it in a Treyu show. And I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. So make sure you go and check that out. I will have all the links and labels in the description of the podcast. So you have no excuse not to follow along with them, become a fan, and buy some merch like this, baby. Also, be sure to follow the Corporate Crush Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube to watch all these crazy YouTube videos when it comes to this uh, podcast. Also, you can stream on Spotify Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Amazon for your listening pleasure. And I'll link to the description of the podcast below. If you are not subscribed, can I ask you a question? Can you please subscribe? If, if you like the content, please, could you subscribe? If if you don't subscribe, you know, I'm just going to say I, I, I'll respect your opinion. I'll respect your choice. We'll just leave it at that. But I'm just going to say, please subscribe. Um, if you are subscribed to the podcast, can I give you a giant thank you? Because I really want to give you a giant thank you. I want to send you a new year with a big giant thank you. Yeah, so we're going to do that. And also thank you to Phoenix Fitness because they've used our sponsors, the links for them and their promo codes 
are in the description of the podcast as well for you. So thank you guys. And man, I cannot wait to have Joey back on the podcast once again. The next time we have him on the podcast, we're going a lot longer. We're just going to get into some all like as much as possible because the conversations that I have with Joey are some of my absolute favorite. I don't want to cut it short ever again because it's just fucking awesome. However, I would rather have him for any time than have him at no time at all. So Joey, thank you once again for being on the podcast and at your next live show I get to go see, if I find a way to get a bouquet of flowers into that venue and throw it on stage at the end of your set so you feel like Tony Bennett, you better know I'll make it happen. And when they land on stage, I'm pretty sure you're going to be like, where did these come from? And you're going to know, you're going to look and it's going to be like, hey, Joey, it's going to be funny as hell. It's going to be awesome as hell. So on that note, that's going to be from the guys. Thank you guys for the Chord Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin and you guys know how I end every single one of these episodes with a big, healthy, and hearty see